Good morning, everybody. Grab, let's get myself together here. Let's pray. Father, first of all, thank you so much for this morning and for your ministry already to us. Lord, I just think back at Jericho before everything went down. You sent the singers out there. And Father, this morning, we, you have sent the praise and the worship and the song out this morning. So, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've already started this morning, what you've already brought to us, and how you've already touched our very spirit person this morning. We're so grateful. Truly, truly, we are. Thank you so much. Well, this morning, um, I've been praying about this, obviously. I spent some time, he gave me a little bit of time to prepare, and Pastor did, and and as I was thinking about this morning, last week I was doing some things. I was teaching a class, and I get in a lot earlier than everybody else. And I was just kind of walking around my classroom and just praying and just, just, just really getting before the Lord. And the Lord began to put something on my heart, and it was a scripture. And I just want to give it to you first. It's John 10, actually 10, 10, but I'm going to start with 7. So John 10, 7 through 10. Then Jesus said to them again, and the key word here is again. It isn't the first time he had said this to them, but he said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of who? The sheep, us. I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep, me, we didn't hear them because he is the door. He said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture, find a home in Jesus. However, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you or they may have life, you may have it more abundantly. And my, my Bible has it italicized, it more abundantly. And as I was, this was going over my head, I didn't have the word in front of me. I was just walking back and forth and praying and just seeking the Lord. And as I was praying that morning, the verse, that part 10, 10 was in my heart more. And the word life kept just jumping up. You can have life, you can have life, you can have life. And more abundantly. And I said, Lord, how much more life can you have? I mean, I've got a good life. I love my life. I'm breathing. I mean, how much more breathing can I do? I'm just talking to him like I usually do. How much more life can I have? And the word in my heart, the Lord kept saying, but I can give you more life in me. I said, okay, that's great. And he said, I will breathe more life into you. I will give more life into you. I will speak more life into you. I will bring more life into you, but I will also bring that to you more abundantly. And I thought, okay, Lord, then what does that look like? We have these conversations. <laughs> this is like, what does that look like? I remember thinking that, what does that look like? And as I continued, then some more words came into my very spirit being, and it was like, look up, for your redemption draws nigh, draws near. I go, yes, you are coming. I'm pretty darn sure it's soon, too. Uh, uh, and he says, but my redemption draws near. And he said, I'm the redemption. Yes, you are. You are the redemption. He says, Sandy, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. And I said, okay. 
you want me to keep my eyes on you? He said, Sandy, don't focus on the world today. And I will have to say, as I was pacing and praying, it wasn't about where should I go on vacation next? It was, are we going to have a next? What is next? What does next look like? As Ty said earlier, what's our normal really like? And as the Lord said, Sandy, for you to have that life, for you to have that, you have to focus on the important. You have to focus on me, and I will give you life. And as I was pulling this all together in the last few days, kind of bringing it all together and putting it down on paper so that I could get it in my head, he began to give me more. And the more that he gave me, he said, Sandy, if you're not careful, your focus will not be where it's supposed to be. He says, your focus needs to be on my Father, the Heavenly Father, on me and the Holy Spirit who lives in you every single day. And I said, I just was speaking with him, and I said, okay, you know, that's, that's your focus. That's, no, he said, that's the focus I want you to be on. And then the words came to me, he's a generous father. My Abba Father is generous. He wants to give me everything that he possibly can. He wants, to, to, he wants us to walk in everything that he has for us, life more abundantly. And I said, okay, what does that mean then? Make it plain in my heart. And he said, Sandy, if you only focus on the turmoil, which is easy to do lately <laughs> because it's all around us. We're walking in it. We're living in it. He says, if you only focus on the turmoil and you don't keep your eyes on me, you will begin to lose hope. You cannot walk in abundance if you are being or becoming hopeless, if you begin to lose hope. And it was like, Lord, what, what help me here? And he said, Sandy, the world, my body, my family, my kids are starting to become hopeless because they're looking at the things around them instead of focusing on me. They're paying attention to what's all off this side and off this side and what's coming up behind me and should we do this and should we do that. And he said, Sandy, my, my body, my family, my kids are becoming hopeless. They're not walking in the abundance the life that I want for them. And if they aren't careful, and Sandy, me too, Sandy, if you're not careful, you'll begin to walk in that hopelessness. And I said, okay, Lord, let's talk. <laughs> definition of hope. So I Google hope, <laughs> and I, I figure out hope. And this is the definition of hope. Hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, a feeling of trust. Again, a feeling of expectation, a desire for a certain thing to happen, a feeling of trust. And I said, okay, Lord, then if we're to be expecting from you, help me out here. He said, Sandy, I want my family, my kids to begin to expect from me, to hear from me, because I want to talk to them. Expect to hear from me, because I want to talk to my kids. Expect me to lead you through this hard time, because I have a path, I have a plan, I have a, I have a purpose. Expect me to lead you. Expect me to protect you. 
I will protect you. If they say we're going to tear down everything, no, no, mm -mm, I will protect you. Sandy, he said to me, I will watch over you. I will watch over my family. I'll watch over my kids. I'm the Abba Father. He is a generous daddy. He will protect us. And I was like, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much. My hope is in Jesus. My expectation is in Jesus. There's an old song. My, I, I hope I'm nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And it was like that started going through my mind. I mean, I get goosebumps even thinking about it. He shed his blood for me. And it's his love for me that gives me hope. His love for me that gives me that hope, that allows me to continue to walk in the abundance that he has for me. We must trust Jesus no matter what the circumstances look like. I'll tell you, if I were only looking at circumstances, if I were only looking at what's going on around me, what's going on around different parts of the country, in my hometown yesterday, they had a watch uh, uh, something the badge protect the badge or stand up for the badge and they were on all four corners of one of the big places in town and i just wanted to be there holding up my sign saying i care about you and lord says sandy i'm holding up a banner because i care about you yes. it's like wow you care about me that much. Yes, Sandy, I care about my family. I care about my kids. We must trust in Jesus no matter what the circumstances look like around us. Guys, every single day, he wants us to walk in that trust. Every single moment, he wants us to walk in that trust. Now, I'm not going to lie. There are times when I truly, truly feel like possibly <laughs> that's a hard thing for me. So what does hope really look like? Hope looks like expectation. Walk in that. What does trust look like? Trust is like with, if the Lord tells me to step out of the boat onto the water, I'm going to step out of the boat onto the water even though I don't think I can swim today. <laughs> I don't think I can actually do this. Do you trust me? Yes, I do. Then step out of that boat and walk where I ask you to walk. But, Lord, that's a hard thing. That's a scary thing. That's a tough thing. Is that trust? Trust is I'll step out anyway. Stepping out of the boat, even if it doesn't feel like you can swim today. God is with you. His hand is there. And then don't look down. Don't look at the waves around you. Look right into his eyes. Because that is where your trust is going to come from. Literally focusing on our Heavenly Father Jesus, who loves us so much, he died for us. The Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us and leads us and guides us every single day. Now, I'm not going to lie. There have been times in my life when I can honestly say that's easier said than done. There's been times in my life, and not, not that far away, where I can honestly say maybe my boat's sinking a little. If I pay attention to what's going on around me, I can lose hope. I can say, how can, how can any good come from this? How can we come out of this? How can we be, come back to what I would like to say is normal somewhat again? But the Lord says, it doesn't matter what you think, Sandy. It matters what I do and what I can do for you. It matters what I, my plan is, not your plan. Sandy, you can have a plan. Sandy has lots of plans. <laughs> Just ask God. <laughs> I usually tell him first. <laughs> 
I want to do this, I want to do this. And the Lord says, wait a minute, do you want to hear what I have to say? I mean, 30 years ago in January, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, start a ministry. I have a plan. And it's like, I knew, I knew just what to do. And the Lord says, not that. It's going to be this. And for 30 years, we've had hope restored. This year, we had so much planned. Oh, we had so much planned this year. And the Lord says, it's not, it's not happening. This weekend was our 30th anniversary. Well, Idaho, it's like our 11th or 12th this year. But California, which was in May, was our 30th. We have another one in the fall. Please pray for our fall retreat because we really, really want to meet at least once this year. And we're planning. We've got speaker coming from out of state. I mean, seriously, pray for us. <laughs> we, and it's not just because of the ministry or the, the, the retreat. It's because of what we know we can do when we get together. And how many of you have had the same thing? I've had to put this aside. I've had to put that aside. I've had a plan, and I couldn't do that. I, and you're frustrated. And the Lord says, if you just put your eyes on that, if your focus is on the wrong thing, you're going to miss my plan. He had a different plan for us this year. This wasn't, his plan was different than mine. Trust me, it was way different than mine. <laughs> But the thing is, is like trust. Can I trust him through it? Yes, I can. Because I choose to. It's not always the easy thing to do. In fact, it's usually not the easy thing to do. It's like water's coming in the boat. Then get the dang water out of the boat. Don't just look at the water going, oh, there's water in my boat. Get the water out of your boat and stand strong. Don't let the water bring you down. That's just a circumstance. Don't look at the circumstances. And I'm not saying stick your head in the sand. We have to recognize what's going on around us and pray literally against some things. We have to know what's going on. I'm not, I, am, I don't want to say that I want to be ignorant of what's going on. I want to know what's going on so I know how to pray. But I don't have to put my focus so much on that that I become depressed or hopeless less hopeless now for me to be able to do all that he wants me to do and to continue in what he wants me to do there are certain things he put he gave me to share and that is and it's it's i've learned it when i was in sunday school and if you guys went to sunday school you learned it too and you probably made all kinds of hangouts hang up thingies or maybe even wore some of them and it's called the armor of god I remember, I remember a kid carrying a sword, and somebody else was carrying a shield, and we were doing things. This is the adult version. <laughs> this is the version that gets you out there and really do something for God. I mean, this is called battle, real, true battle. So if you would, over in Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read 6, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, verses 10 through 20. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we, not, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I mean, we're talking about today. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, 
stand. Verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which, you, which with you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the evil one. And take a helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may be able to open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. It's a challenge to us too. He's talking, but it's a challenge to us too. Let's, so let's break this down. We're going to start off with the first one, your, the truth. He says, gird your waist with truth. We have to speak truth. For us to be able to speak truth, number one, we have to know the truth. For us to know the truth, we got to get into the word to know the, to know the truth. In my job, if I give you my opinion on what I think the truth is, I can get into trouble. I have to speak truth as the truth is. What does the law say? What do we do? What do we know? I have to have the truth. Then the truth will back me up. We have to know the truth. We can't just give opinions. We have to be able to know. How do we know? We get into the word. We have to get into the word to learn so that we can speak the truth. Then breastplate of righteousness. We must be righteous. However, I, we can speak all day just on this one word. However, we're going to speak about his righteousness, not mine. My righteousness is not so nice. His righteousness in me is what it's all about. I have to have his righteousness in me. If I don't have his righteousness in me, what am I going to look like as a Christian, even as a person? Ask for it and then act on it. Ask for his righteousness in me, in you, and then act on it. That means act like we're supposed to act like Jesus would act. There's a saying, what would Jesus do? Jesus would act in his righteousness. If Jesus is in me and we want his righteousness in us, then we have to act as Jesus would act. We have to act in that righteousness, step out in that, speak in that, respond in that, not respond out of flesh but out of his righteousness that is inside of me. Somebody pulls in front of you, do I act righteously? <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> Especially if you've got a Jesus bumper sticker or a church bumper sticker on the back. <laughs> he says we must, we must have that righteousness in us. And if we have that in us, then we have to act on it and we have to be able to respond in that. Next, shod your feet with the gospel of peace. That means put on something that our feet is what takes us places. Where we go, how we get there, we walk there, or we, we get to our place where we're going through walking. Now we're going to walk there with the gospel of peace. How can we walk with the gospel of peace if peace is not in us? We have to have that peace in us. And to get that peace in us, we have to ask, Lord, I don't have peace today. 
There's so much going on. I don't have peace today. And the Lord says, I recognize that. Here's some. I'll give you some of mine. Oh, thank you, Lord. He's got more than enough for every single one of us in this room. But we have to ask for it. And say, I don't feel peace today. Well, then just ask. You've got a very generous Heavenly Father who has a storehouse of things just for you. Just ask. And then when he says, here, take it, don't say, I don't think so. Oh, I just, I, this is not a good day. I don't feel good. Take the peace. The uh, Lord says, why are you walking in your, your, yourself when I want you to walk in abundance of life? For you to walk in abundance of life, take what I have for you. I'm a generous daddy. Receive it. For those of you that are dads or even moms in the room, you love giving things to your kids. Oh, I, I love nothing more than giving something to my son, to my grandkids, to my, grand, my, to my daughter-in-law. I mean, I love giving things to them. It makes me feel good. How much more your Heavenly Father wants to give good gifts to, the, your, to you, his kids? How much more? But we have to accept it, receive it, ask for what you need. He's more than willing. He's not going to open up your body and throw it in there. You have to receive it. He's not going to force things on you. Accept, receive, ask. He'll give it to you. Now think of this. If I have peace inside of me, I'm going to exude peace. Think of me walking into a situation that is un there's unrest. There's frustration. There's a lack of peace. And I walk into a room so full of his peace that it's like a wave of peace precedes me. Have you ever seen that happen? I have. I've seen people walk into a room and it's like, whoosh, wow. But it's because they're so full of the peace of God, the love of God, that as they walk in, the Lord precedes them. And his Holy Spirit is there to make a difference to make a difference in the situation. Today, we need that more than anything, to walk into a situation of unrest and change the atmosphere. How wonderful would that be? If we had an army of us that walked in that peace could walk into a situation and change the atmosphere, it's doable. All we have to have is his peace inside of us. We have to ask he will give it to us. We will walk in that peace. How wonderful is that, that we could actually truly do that. The next one is the shield of faith, but it is preceded by these words. Above all, take up the shield of faith. Now, words mean a lot in the Bible. They're not just in there. They mean something. And when he says above all, he means, oh, all these are good things. These are great things. But above all, number one, above all, <clears throat> and when I see that, it's like, pay attention. This is a big deal. Above all, take up the shield of faith. Why? With which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. If you don't think he's not out there throwing fiery darts, then you haven't been paying attention. The evil one is trying to destroy our faith, our hope, and our trust in Jesus. And this is happening right now, every single day, every single night, this is happening. Fiery darts are out there to take people's lives. Not only that, because of this, there is such a hopelessness because of this that people are taking their own lives. Seriously, I have heard this from an individual who's 
that's his job is to be a police officer. And he says one of the big things right now is people taking their own lives. How hopeless is that? The enemy is just, just having a heyday, a field day. We have a charge as Christians is to go out there to find those individuals that are hopeless and to give them hope, to help them to find that peace, to help them to know how to put on the armor of God. But first of all, we got to help them find Jesus to start with. We've got to help them find the Lord, number one, find the truth. That's the first thing in the list. Speak the truth. What's the truth? Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. You have a place in heaven. You have a hope. That's the truth. We can take that truth with us. And when we step out and speak that truth, we make a difference in somebody's life. But we have to step out. Take up that shield of faith. Now, people literally, literally are not understanding the, that that's the number one and the shield of faith, and we're allowing ourselves to be just kind of, it's like, I, I can't do this today. You're a Christian. You are a child of the king. You are a warrior. You are not a wimp. Seriously, you are not. You need to recognize who you are in Christ and take that position and step out in it. Amen. It's like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That means then I need to be paying attention to what's going on around me. Is there somebody in your life or maybe, you know, I remember, I think it was Jody, you know, finding yourself in a particular place where you can make a difference just because you walked into that situation. You walked into that situation, and, and it's like you, Lord, here's the thing. The Lord can tell you that there's something going on maybe when you don't know. It's like, I don't really know. I, I, would I ever? Yeah, because the Lord can say, Sandy, stop. That person needs help. That person needs prayer. Just turn around right now and ask them if they know Jesus. Me? <clears throat> yes, you. <laughs> uh, seriously, yes, you. I had that opportunity given to me one time, and I, I failed. I failed miserably. And I, I, to this day, I still remember that. When he told me to talk to somebody, and I wouldn't do it because she was dressed in leathers and scary. It's like, she'll hurt me. <laughs> she got off a motorcycle. She will hurt me. And it was like, you know, she almost got killed. Would you ask her, where would she have gone if that car would have hit her? Uh, not me. Somebody else can do it. I'm just this little old, you know, whatever. And that hurts me to this day. And that was 40 years ago. To this day, that still hurts my heart. The Lord was so gracious and allowed me to recognize he had her, and he let somebody else get the blessing. I was like, thank you, God. When I get to heaven, I'm going to look her up and apologize. <laughs> it's like, I'm so glad you're here. It wasn't because of me, I know, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> it's like the Lord wants us to be able to have that strength inside of us, to be able to grow up in him. It's like, well, that's not my gift. Wait a minute. Are you breathing? Uh, yeah. Are you a Christian? Uh, yeah. Then it's your gift. There is no such thing as you have a gift of getting somebody saved, but you don't. No, that's not how it works. You may think that I, I'm going to get away with because there's these gifts that people can have certain gifts. That's not one of them that you don't have. 
everybody has that ability and and here's the thing maybe you you plant a seed in somebody's life and they don't receive christ that day was that seed planted a good thing yeah i have planted lots of seeds and i didn't get to see the fruit but in heaven i will for years in ministry for years and years um, i planted seeds and never even saw the people i was planting seeds in but there's going to come a day i'm going to see the fruit and it's like yes so it is and here's the thing too i am uh, uh, i teach a class and i always tell my students there is a word called testophobia it's a real thing if you look it up in the dictionary or Google it, it will say testophobia and fear of testing, and there's a picture right by it, and it's my face. <laughs> I hate tests so bad. Why? I finally figured it out because I have, at, when I was growing up and going to school, they, they ruined me. <laughs> they, it's like you have to pass. If you don't pass, you fail, and fail is not an option. Well, now, you know, for me personally, I have to, have to allow myself to fail. Randy told me this one time. He said, Sandy, you have to give yourself permission to fail. Because if you fail, that's just one learning tool. Next time you won't fail. Next time you'll get it right. But you have to give yourself permission to not get it right the first time. So it's like, I don't know that I can do that. That's okay. Maybe the first time's not quite, you know, but you'll learn from that. And the next time you'll learn from that. The key is having the faith and the trust in the Lord to step out and share your faith. Do you have a testimony? Not really. Are you saved? Yeah. Then you have a testimony. Share your faith with them. How did you become a Christian? Just start with that. Get the conversation going. If they don't want to talk to you, you know what? You planted a seed. You know, and maybe that somebody else is going to come along and water it, and somebody else is going to come along and give it some food. But somebody else will come along and, and pick the fruit. It doesn't matter in what line you're in. You're a part of the process. And that's all God is asking for, from us. The key is taking up our shield of faith, hear it again, with which we can quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. The evil one is trying to destroy us. The evil one is trying to change the outcome of what God wants in our lives and in the world around us. We can change that by picking up our shield of faith and walking out. And when the fiery darts come, guess what? They can just bounce right off. They can bounce right off. The next one is the helmet of salvation. That's the rock. That's our rock. That's our Jesus. When I have the helmet of salvation on, I have my salvation. I am saved. That is the big one to me in my heart. I needed to be saved. Now, once I have Jesus in my heart, I hold fast. And I don't let go. Do not let go. The sword of the spirit. Now, the sword of the spirit is my word. Okay, that's 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 the big one right here. That that's my baby. <laughs> the sword. I've had this thing. I'll tell you. I probably need to get it fixed because it's falling apart. But it's mine, and I have written all through it. In fact, Pastor, I can tell you what you preached on a certain day because I write the date on it <laughs> for the last 15 years. <laughs> but it's my sword. And my sword um, literally is something that is in my heart. It's the word of God. And that's what the Lord is saying. We have to take the sword of the spirit, the word of God. It's our guide. 
It leads us in the way it should, we should go. Number one in our, our list was the truth. Gird our loins or our waist with truth. Where does it come from? It comes from the word. The word of God is what teaches us. The word of God is what gives us what we need. The word of God is the leading of the map. How many of you would try and get across the country and not have a map? Just step outside and start going. You know, putting something together and no, not read the directions. You have to have a map to get to where you're going without taking detours. I don't like detours. I am a very precise, I want to get there, and I want to get there straight. In fact, I find rabbit trails so I can get there even faster. <laughs> I like the word. I like his guidance. I like what he's teaching me. But remember when the devil came to Jesus in the desert. He came to him when he was at his weakest point. He had been fasting for 40 days. And what did the enemy say to Jesus? Okay, let's go to Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11. Okay, Matthew 4 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, now this, is, this kind of blew my mind when I really got it in my head. He was led by the Spirit. The Spirit led him there on purpose to be tempted by the devil. And he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. I can imagine he was. <laughs> now when the tempter came to him, he said, If, now here's the first one. He's, it's if you are, if you are the son of God. How many times does the enemy say to you, if you're really saved, if you really should be doing that, if you should be talking to them about the Lord, if he puts that little seed of doubt, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Picked up his sword. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, the highest part of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now guess what? The old devil picks up the word himself and starts quoting the word. He's such a dummy. I mean, you're, you're, quote, you're using the Bible to, yeah, seriously, but it gets better. <laughs> For he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, again, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Now, wait a minute. Who owns all the cattle on a thousand hills? Right. <laughs> now, he's not only using the word. Now he said, I'll give you what your father already owns if you'll worship me. I mean, seriously, if we really stop and think how the enemy comes at us, he's not very smart. <laughs> We just have to, if we know the word, we can go, that's dumb. I'm not going to follow that. You know, that's not right. That, I shouldn't be doing that. You know, the things he tells us to do, if we really know the word, we'll go, why would I even think that? Why would I do that? But that's what he has to work with. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, again, 
boom. Worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Now, verse 11 is one of my favorites. I mean, there's a lot up here, but the first words are, then the devil left him. That's big. Then the devil left him, and then the angels came and ministered to him. After he spoke, and after he stood, and after he didn't allow that to, ha to happen, then the devil left him. Folks, if we quote the word back to the enemy... If we stand our ground and know the truth so we can, the devil's got to go. We just say, leave, get away from me, get thee behind me, Satan. Get under my feet where you belong. You don't belong standing next to me. You belong under my foot. You don't belong in my head telling me things and telling me what to do and what not to do. I don't listen to you. My heavenly father owns this whole world. What, do you, what can you offer me? Why should I bow down and worship you when I know what your end is? And I know what my end is, so get away from me. For me to be able to do all of this, I have to have the truth. I have to have the sword of the spirit. I have to have the shield so I have the darts ready to knock out the enemy that's coming at me, the fiery darts that are coming at me. I have to have that to be able to make that work. To, for me to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil today, I have to have the whole armor of God. And that means not leaving one thing out. And it's, it's easy for us to get caught up in our daily life and not even remember what the armor is. I, forget, I, I heard somebody say one day, I get up every morning and put my armor on. Sweetheart, I never take mine off. <laughs> I go to bed with mine, and I get up with mine. <laughs> I don't want to be without my armor. You know, I mean, you, you get up in the morning, it's like, oh, what did I forget to put on? Oh, maybe it was the sword of the spirit. No, no, no. You need to have that on all the time. That needs to be a part of who you are, something that is with you all the time. Jesus is with you all the time. That's what I want to have in my life. We have to recognize that the evil one has an agenda. Boy, today he really has an agenda. There's a lot happening, a lot going on, a lot of things that are going on around us, and there truly is an agenda today. He is the evil one, and he wants to kill, to steal, and to destroy my life your life, and the lives of all those that we love around us. All the things that we hold dear and those that we hold dear, he wants to take them down. All the things that we hold dear just in our nation, he wants to take those things down. He has an agenda. Are we going to let him? We can, we can stand. We can pray. We have the ability to come against the enemy in the spirit. And why are we not if we aren't? We need to stand firm in who we are and not, not be, oh, Lord, help me, help me, help me. What should I do? Stand up, put on your armor, and fight like the warrior that you truly are. Seriously. I am determined to stand my ground. I am determined to be successful in standing my ground. But the key is, is that I have to be prepared.
If I allow myself to, to even lose one of these pieces of armor, lose any of this, not having that active in my life, then that will cause me to have certain weaknesses in my life. I don't have the word in me. I don't have the strength in me. I can't knock down a fiery dart. Then it's going to hit me. Oh, help me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. As Christians, he gives us all that we need to be all that we can be. He gives us all the tools that we need, and, but it's our, it's our choice whether or not to pick them up and use them every single day. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about the men who thought they were going to be able to cast out a devil of somebody, and they went in to do something about it, and it, it didn't work well for them. They got thrown out unclothed. I don't want to go after something that I'm not prepared to go after. You need to be prepared to go after the evil of this world because the evil is strong. He is. I'm not going to lie. The evil's got some strength to him. But guess what? We have more strength. The key is, am I choosing to use the pieces of armor and the strength that God has for me? If I'm going to walk in weakness, if I'm going to turn around and run, guess who's going to chase me? I have to stand against the wiles of the devil because he's, what's he got to go? He's, he'll, he'll shoot the word at me, but I got the word truth, in truth. You know, he'll say, I'm going to give you all these things. Wait a minute, you don't, Jesus owns those things, and you're trying to give me something you don't even own. It's his. I, I, yeah, but to be able to fight, you have to know the truth. You have to have that inside of you. The scripture that we started with this morning, the main one, verse 10, was the thief does not come but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. My heart this morning is to share, is to share about abundant life, to bring back to all of us the abundant life, the it life. You may have it more abundantly. To have a good life, not just I'm, I'm depressed and I'm miserable life, but a victorious life. We can be victorious today. We don't have to run in fear. We don't have to back down from the enemy. As long as we know who our Abba Father is, as long as we have Jesus inside of us, as long as his Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us every single day in truth, in strength, then we will win, and we can walk the abundant life, the it life. The key is, is that every piece of the armor is critical. You cannot leave anything out. I entitled my, my you know, this morning was, Are We Prepared? I was asking, Lord, what should I entitle, what should I title it? And he said, ask them, are you prepared? So the title this morning is, Are You Prepared? And my, my question is to you and to me, am I prepared? And the answer is we better be because our very survival depends upon it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for this morning, for this opportunity, Lord, to be able to come this morning and share your word, to be able to share your heart. Father God, with the people, Lord, as I was pulling all this together, Lord, you just, you just touched my heart so strongly that you really, truly wanted to get this word out. Kids, my kids, prepare 
for the evil is out there. Prepare because you can defeat this. Prepare and you don't have to be hopeless. Prepare and walk in trust. Walk in faith. And you can be the light of the world. You can bring peace to the world. You can make a difference in the world around you. And so, Father, I, I share this this morning as you put it upon my heart and pray, Lord, that you will touch hearts and lives this morning. That, Lord, this morning, this word will make a difference. Father, this morning, if someone is saying, I don't even know if I'm saved, that this morning, Lord, that they will truly, truly say, Lord, please save me. Help me. Help me to know you in the way Sandy's talking about. Help me to walk in that truth and in that light. Come into my heart, Lord. And help me to walk that life. I want to be a child of the king. Forgive my sin. Forgive my sins. And help me to walk your walk. Father, thank you this morning as you've allowed me to share your word, to share your heart, share your life with us, Lord, because we want that abundant life. We want the it life, more abundant life, Father. Truly we do. So we thank you, and we thank you for this week, Lord, that's coming up. We're not going to walk out this place and walk in fear. We're going to walk out victorious into this day, this week, this month, the rest of this year, Lord. Seriously, we're going to make a difference in the world around us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Thank you, everybody.